Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the Fuller Fight Factor Live. That's right. We're back. Been away for a while. But now we're here. And we will hopefully be joined shortly by none other than Tough 19 finalist, UFC light heavyweight fighter Matt Gutter Van Buren. I was just talking to him earlier this morning, so I know, you know, he's alive and well, and hopefully we'll hear from him here any second now. Until then, let's just give a little recap. We last saw him fight on the finale of Tough 19, coached by BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar. That was in July, so it's been a little while. Uh, He unfortunately suffered... A loss to Corey Anderson, who went on to win the show. And uh, his next fight, he just fought not too long ago. But Matt is back, and he's going to be taking on Sean O'Connell, who is 0-2 in the UFC. Oh, here he is now. Great. Perfect. Is that you, Matt? Yep. All right, great. I didn't check the number to see if it was yours, so it could have just been some crazy person that got on the website and called in. You never know. But we welcome everyone here. Nice. How's it going? All right. Oh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm loving it being back on the West Coast. Yeah. It's warmer, for sure. Well, I'm I'm north of you. So it's colder than where you are, but it's definitely not as bad as Virginia. So when people were complaining about it being 32 a couple weeks ago, I was like, eh, it's fine. Walking outside in my jeans and flip-flops, Virginia Beach special. Can't beat that. All right, so thanks for joining us. Uh, A lot of things to talk about. There's a lot going on. In the UFC, there's a lot going on with you. You've got a fight coming up here in, what is that, 10 days now? Boston, Massachusetts. So, yeah, I'm excited, uh, man. Yeah. Now, your opponent, Sean O'Connell, he's 0-2 in the UFC, so he's definitely in a do-or-die situation here, you know, Um do you think that that's going to affect his game coming into the fight at all against you, or are you just expecting his performances to be similar to the tape we've seen on him already? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I definitely think that, um, you know, he'll probably be looking to dig a little deeper and push a little harder this fight, um, considering he's probably going to get his walking papers uh, when I beat him. So, yeah, I expect him to really go for it. Now, one thing that you have, you know, that we've seen is definitely an advantage in that division is that height. Um, And we saw you use it in your your fight, the uh, the elimination fight to get into the house, you know, with those uh, T. Brown style elbows. Um, You know, uh, Sean's standing six one, but I think you know. When you start hitting that six four six five range, there's not much you know people really know how to deal with that. He doesn't have a wrestling background, so do you feel like you're going to be able to keep it on the feet where you tend to be strongest? Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I don't see his wrestling being an issue. Um, 
And, you know, if he, if he does happen to take me down, it's not like I'm worried, that worried. Um, he's not going to hold me down. And uh, I definitely think that I'll be able to use some offensive wrestling on him as well and get the takedown. Now, this is one of the, uh, you know, bigger fights, one of the bigger televised fights, obviously, you know, with Conor McGregor being this international superstar headlining the card. You know, we got former champ Benson Henderson in the co-main event. Um, you know, are, do you feel like, you know, where you're at there on the fight press prelims that, you know, um, even though it's a big card, you will be, you know, on the internet fights? That the, you know, are you okay with that? Do you think that that's, you know, does that affect you at all? Or do you, is that something that you have in your mind? No, it doesn't matter to me at all, you know, and I think the UFC probably uh, – did that more of a, a strategic thing, probably to um, maybe take some pressure off me would be my guess. I, I mean, I really don't know. But uh, it doesn't matter to me, you know, whether I'm the first fight of the night or the last fight of the night. It doesn't matter. My my check's the same uh, no matter what. So uh, I'm actually kind of glad that I'm fighting, like, I think second fight of the night because I normally don't fight till later. So, um It'd be good to get in and get out kind of early. Yeah, yeah, you'll be the, the second fight, and uh, I guess the one thing that they have been doing different now that they put you know all the fights on Fight Pass is like you go to the Fight Pass website, and then there will be like you know almost like it's a main event in and of itself of whoever's on the Fight Pass prelims. You know, like they'll be more highlighted on the website than the the marquee bout on the televised prelims will, which tends to be more of a bigger deal for the pay-per-views than it is for televised cards. Yeah, like I said, man, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if I'm on Fight Pass, Fox Sports 1, or pay-per-view. It, it's it's all the same, man. I, I got to just go in there and, and do my job and, and not be worried about all the other stuff. I guess the thing, too, is, I mean, when you're the second fight on the card, the stands tend not to be as full. And even though, you know, O'Connell's an American from Utah, his name is O'Connell, and it's in Boston, and it's the Irish, you know, fighter's card. So he's probably going to have, you know, sort of, in quotes, hometown advantage, I guess, in the crowd for that name (laughs) nonetheless. But that seems like that'll be less of an advantage when the stands aren't as full either. Yeah, all that all that stuff is just second to uh, to what I'm there to do. You know, it doesn't matter if I'm getting booed, if I'm getting cheered. You know, whose whose backyard it is, all that stuff. Uh, you gotta kind of flip the switch. You gotta learn to flip the switch and turn all that stuff off and just focus on the fight. Now, it, fighting that early on the card, you know. Um, you know, obviously hoping things go your way, you know, do you plan on just hanging out till the rest of the night and seeing all the fights or for you, is it just about, you know, getting back, starting to decompress and do your own thing? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely going to watch the fights afterwards. Um, you know, there's, there's some fights on that card I'd like to see. So yeah, I'll definitely be tuning in after. And your buddy, uh, Cathal will be fighting on that card as well. How do you think that one's going to play out? Uh, I actually don't know who he's fighting. Um, so I couldn't really say. Oh. 
the okay, it's Sean Spencer. He's coming off a win over Paulo Tiago. So he's, I guess he's dropping down to middleweight, um, which I found a little surprising, but I thought he, I thought he Yeah, I'm not surprised. sure. I don't, I don't really know much about the guy. <clears throat> now, for the main oh. event, yeah, who, who, who who's your pick there for McGregor and Seaver? Um, I obviously got to go with McGregor, you know. Um, they're pretty much hyping it up. Like, he's already won the fight, which I'm sure Seaver's not real happy about. But, um, you know, if I were to, if I were to bet, yeah, I mean, I'd have to go with McGregor for sure. Yeah, it does seem like, like, the way everyone's talking about this fight, it's like they're not giving Seaver any chance at all in this fight. Yeah, I mean, they're, uh, it's pretty obvious they're, you know, the McGregor's getting kind of an easy road to the belt. But, you know, I, I don't know how Seaver is getting main event, you know, let alone uh, being a title eliminator fight. I think he's one and one and one in his last three fights. Yeah, it's like he's one of those Yeah, you're right, he is, because he had that... Uh... Uh, overturned win over Manny for banned substances to a no contest. Um, now, I think the big story everyone's forgetting here, though, is Donald Cerrone stepping in for Eddie Alvarez on, you know, basically just under two weeks' notice to take on Benson Henderson, a guy he's already fought twice before back in the WEC. So I'm really interested to see how this one plays out. I think that's a big fight. And uh, But when you see a guy do that, like, you know, and everyone knows Cowboy's crazy, um, you know, what's going through your head and what do you think is going through his head that he just says, oh, okay, I'll, you know, I'll cut weight again and fight a guy, former champ in 12 days? Yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's trying to get paid. And, uh, you know, if the UFC offered me a fight two weeks after this one, I wasn't injured, I'd probably take it too, you know. Um you know, he likes to stay busy, and, uh, you know, a lot of guys don't like to fight that much, but he does, and, you know, hopefully I can start getting uh, four or five fights a year before too long here. I would love to fight that often. And uh, how big of a problem has just, you know, body management, we'll call it, you know, just maintenance and injury been for you in the last couple years? I know you did have uh, surgery on your nose, um, right, after the show was yeah. done. Right. Yeah, um, besides that, uh, everything's been pretty good, you know, just, you know, bumps and bruises. I had a, um, what do you, I forget, bursitis or something in my elbow like two weeks before the, or three weeks before the finale in July. And I, had to, I had to wear Ooh. a splint for, for about 12 or 14 days um, before oh, the fight. Pop when the pocket gets all inflamed like that? Yeah. Did it get, did it get it, infected at all? or? It was infected, and they almost had to cut it open, which would have pulled me out of the fight. But, um, you know, thankfully it didn't get that bad. I just took some antibiotics. They put it in a splint for about 14 days, and then uh, I was able to take it, take it off, and I got it off like two weeks before the fight, I think. But um, um, besides besides that, everything else has just been, uh, you know, little injuries, maybe a day or two off here and there, but 
pretty good for the most part. So what what has been um, holding you back? Do you think from you know taking this long to get another fight booked? No, I really don't know. I, um, I don't know if they want to keep us on uh, Ultimate Fighter contracts longer or what. But um, I know Corey and Eddie didn't even get a fight until uh, last, last month. Last month, so yeah. They had a five-month playoff, whereas I had six. But um, only thing I can do is just go in there and uh, get the win on the 18th. And then, you know, obviously I'm going to petition for another fight as soon as possible, just like I did at this last one. Only thing you can do is just keep asking. So hopefully, um, you know, I only got one fight last year, which, you know, financially and competitively sucks. You know, it doesn't doesn't help keep me sharp having an eight-month playoff, you know, from the show and then a six-month playoff after that. It's not always easy to perform to your best when you have layoffs like that. So hopefully I can get uh, three to four fights this year. Now, when you're on the show, are you compensated at all for your time there? Uh, yeah, you are. Okay, so it's not, I guess it's not a total wash, but, I mean, like you said, you fought once in 2013, once last year, and then, luckily, your first fight in this year will be in January, so we can at least guarantee you'll fight more than once, hopefully. Yeah, I mean, technically, I had four fights in 2013, but... You know, three of them were in six weeks, so still kind of spaced out a little bit. Yeah, and, you know, it seems like that seems to be a big thing. You know, guys we see, how they perform on the show can drastically change from how we see them perform later on, you know, in their UFC careers because you're in this unknown, uncomfortable environment, and obviously the pace is different, you know, Um so do you think, like, maybe for you personally that you weren't able to fully show, like, your full potential on the show um, versus what you plan to show demonstrate on the 18th and later on? Uh, it's hard to say, really. I, I feel like, you know, I had um, – I got to show a pretty wide range of skills on the show. And I had a, a pretty quick knockout, um, kind of out-wrestled, out-grinded a guy, and then uh, – got into a striking war um, in another fight. So I, I feel like I uh, showed a pretty good range of skills on the show. And so I feel like it's, you know, it's kind of easier to fight on the show, too. You know, it's it's not like a big crowd. It's not a big a deal with the media and the hype. It's just like you're pretty much fighting in a small, empty gym, you know, with maybe 40 or 50 people there. So... It's nothing compared to, like, fighting, uh, say, at the finale at Mandalay Bay. Um, you know, it's just the, the nerves aren't the same. Yeah, and I guess that's just a whole other experience, too, even from the other shows you've been in, too. Yeah, definitely. So I do know, you know, you did mention that you talked to uh, a sports psychologist um, not too long ago, and... Do you think that it, the mental game is really what, you know, had a big impact on your performance in the last fight? Yeah, 100%. It was all mental. It wasn't physical by any means. Um, I was in great shape and I was prepared for that fight. And, uh, you know, skill-wise, I think eight times out of ten I would I would have beat Corey. But, um, 
you know, I just, uh, there was some, some key mental uh, lapses that I had in that performance, which caused some uh, some hesitation and um, caused me to not perform to the best of my ability. And, um, you know, I, I still think the fight was stopped a little early, but at the end of the day, um, I wasn't moving enough. I wasn't, you know, I wasn't doing the things I should have been doing or the things that I trained to do. And, uh, you know, I was hesitant. So um, all that was definitely mental. Yeah. And it did seem like you were um, uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Like there was definitely some level of, you know, discomfort, you know, just in your movement maybe. Like you had a hard time finding your footing. Um, it just, I, I really wish, you know, the fight could have gone on longer to maybe, you know, see, see you start to get your range and kind of see how it would have played out. But, um, you know, I guess, you know, this, this is, this is how things, this is how things go. And, uh, uh, I think it's, you know, I think your placement on this next card, like you said, you know, it's less stress. And, um, I mean, this is almost like your first real UFC fight. I almost feel like, because you had the fights in the house, like you said, they're like fighting in an empty gym with 50 people. And then you were on the finale, and it's just this all bright lights and a lot of stress. So, you know, this is like almost like making your debut again, like you're a guy who just got recruited, and now we're going to put you on the prelims and see what you got against a guy who's already been there a couple times. But, you know, he's in a do-or-die situation. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I like I said, I don't mind being on the prelims. Um, I think it's a good, it's a good spot to be in. Um, right now, so it's um, yeah, it's definitely you know it's going to be a lot different than last time around for sure. Yeah. I mean, your first fight in the UFC, your co-main event for uh, BJ Penn and Frankie Edgar, it's kind of a big deal. So it's definitely a lot of uh, stress and uh, media and stuff involved in that. So oh, one thing I know we haven't talked since before you went to the house, and that's my fault. I made I you know I should have been more proactive in trying to talk to you since, uh, but you know every, you know life gets in the way. One thing I did want to ask you about though, from watching the show, was when when you guys went on that hike, and everyone was just bitching the whole time, and you were like, "Guys, it's like five more minutes, and we're gonna get to the top. What's you guys' problem?" Like, did, is that pretty much how that whole thing went, or was that just, like, the one piece of the hype that they chose to show on the show? Uh, no, I kind of was hyping everybody up. You know, a lot of guys were tired and, and sore and didn't really want to didn't really want to do it, and I was just kind of trying to be the motivator. You know, I was, I was beat up and tired and sore, too, but uh, I just wanted to stay out of the house as long as possible. It was the first time we actually got to go outside and see and do something, so... Um, I was just excited to be out there. And that was prob that was a trail you'd hiked before when you were out there, um when you know, they moved the camp over to Vegas when Cruz was coaching tough, right? Yeah, it was actually a similar trail in the same area but not the exact same one. Yeah. I guess yeah, for people who don't know, you know, after Matt moved out to Alliance was right when Dominic Cruz uh got slated to coach tough opposite Faber. So they moved the whole camp out there, and you know Matt. Matt came with. Spent, you already spent some time in Vegas. It's, it's just unfortunate the second time you couldn't really do anything in Vegas except that one hike, I guess. 
Yeah, we were we were pretty much locked down uh, when we did the show. So it was either the tough gym or the house, with the exception of that one hike. Now, any of the guys you were on the show with that you still keep in touch with or have already or talked about maybe doing some training with, or has everyone pretty much, at least in your eyes, gone their separate ways? Uh, no, I mean, everybody on Frankie's team, um, we we all still talk. We we group text on the phone pretty regularly. Um, I've been in contact with... Uh, uh, Josh Clark a little bit about training together. Um, I had Dan, I actually had Dan Spawn come out and stay at my house a couple weeks ago. So he came out here for about a week and, and helped, uh, help me do some training for this fight. So, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much, uh, I, I keep in contact with everybody on my team. And then, um, me and Dan Spawn have been talking a lot and are going to, try to do some some more training together in the future. So, I mean, I guess, you know, for like you and Corey, you still, I mean, that was just all business is business. It's what's done is done. And Hey, we were on the same team. Let's keep in touch. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I like Corey and we, we became friends on the show and, you know, we had to fight, but, um, you know, it is what it is. And, uh, you know, that's just how it ended up working out, but, you know, we still talk and we're, you know, we're still friends, and uh, I think he's going to be at the fight in Boston, so I'm sure we'll probably get up and hang out after the fight. And now, uh, I guess some other fights coming up, I'd like your, you to weigh in on it, if you don't mind, is uh, we got Gustafson and Rumble Johnson here pretty soon. Uh, and, I mean, for me, that's like... You know, I, I, I'm more excited about that fight than I am McGregor, honestly. Um, you know, what, oh, you know, yeah, me too. I mean, you've trained with one guy. They're both in your division, you know, and uh, if, if anyone's going to beat John Jones, it's got to be one of these two guys. Yeah, um, I, I'm not just being biased because Alex is a, a training partner and a, a teammate or friend. Um but I just I just don't think that Rumble King is going to get past Alex. Um, he's he's real long. He's got really good movement. Um, he's hard to hit. I mean, you saw that in the Jones fight. He went five rounds with Jones, and you know he didn't really have that much damage on his face. Um, and you know Rumble's a little bit slower, and uh, he tends to kind of look at the mat when he throws. And he, he throws big looping hooks. Uh, whereas Alex is you know got the best the best boxing in uh, probably the UFC, but definitely the 205-pound division. Um, Alex has the best boxing. And, uh, you know, he's going to be throwing more straight punches. He's going to be moving laterally a lot. Uh, He's incredibly hard to take down. Um, So I just think Alex is going to end up outworking Rumble. And, you know, if not knocking him out, for sure getting the decision. And he's on the same card as your other top-ranked training partner, who will be take Phil Davis, who will be taking on Ryan Bader, which is a fight I wanted to see for like three years now, and I'm so glad it's finally happening. Yeah, you know I've wanted to see that fight for a while too, and um, me and Phil have been talking. You know we've been talking about 
you know, fights and stuff for a while. And this is this is the fight that me and him had talked about um, was going to happen for a, a long time, you know. So uh, I, fig- I figured after he beat Glover that it was going to happen because there was really nobody else in the top five or top six for them um, to match him up with besides Bader. So, you know, when he told me that he was fighting Bader, I, I pretty much knew that that's how it was going to go down because there was nobody left for him to fight. So, yeah, it should be a good fight. I'm excited to see how it plays out. Yeah. And he is one of those guys who's, you know, pretty much fought, you know, everyone left and, you know, for him to fight. That's a good matchup. So it was a matter of time. I mean, I would almost bet money that the winner of that fight is going to fight Daniel Cormier. Uh, I would say that's a good assumption, yeah. Or, well, you know, uh, all with the, if the stars align the way they should, we'll say. All things playing out the way they should. We never say never in this yeah. business. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely... Yeah, winner of Phil and Bader more than likely will fight DC, I would guess. Um, or, you know, I, I really don't know what they're going to do with Rashad now that uh, I think Glover got hurt and pulled out. So, I don't know um, what they're going to do with Rashad. I don't know if they would have him fight DC or, you know, what the timing. That was the fight and, they were supposed to make at one point, too. Yeah, see, I don't know how the timing of everything's going to work, you know, how much time DC wants to take off, you know, how long Rashad wants to wait and this and that. But I, I really don't see anybody... I mean, there's really nobody for Rashad to fight right now because um, everybody's kind of paired up. Yeah, and he's he's so. been out for, you know, over a year now, so it's like he might almost have to just sort of, you know, take, bite the bullet and fight a guy that might not be at his level or with his draw rate, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's a bad idea. Um, you know, it's just making the matchup. It's hard to say what they're going to do, but um, I don't think it's a bad idea. I mean, I'm sure that could give them somebody in the top ten, maybe a little closer to the ten, you know. Uh, Owen St. Preux might not be a bad fight for Rashad. I mean, he just knocked out Shogun. So I think that fight with him and Rashad could make pretty good sense. Oh, yeah, I like like that fight a lot, too. He's sitting at number eight right now. So um, I thought that that Shogun fight was a really good test for OSP, but I do want to see him fight someone who's still, you know, either working their way up or on the level, not, you know, it was kind of painful to watch too, to see that happen to Shogun. Yeah, I mean, who, well, who was Rashad's last fight against? It was against Bulgaria or? Ch- Chael. It was against Chael, yeah. So, I mean, the fight with OSP makes sense because it's not like, Rashad's beat anybody recently that's, you know, a, a big contender in the top ten, you know. And yeah, before OSP, that, it was Pendo. Pendo before that, so. Beating up yeah, 39-year-old, 42-year-old middleweights. Yeah, I mean, the fight with uh, OSP definitely makes sense, so maybe they'll make that happen. I like that one. Um now, we've heard a lot of people weigh in on the uh, the Reebok deal, you know, but a lot of them tend to be, you know, the guys that have been in the, in the UFC a while, you know, a lot of different opinions. And the one thing that 
kind of like, you know, Dana White and Keaton saying is that this is really going to help the little guy out. I mean, you are, you know, for all intents and purposes, figuratively speaking, of course, you're the little guy. You know, you're the guy coming in your second fight with the UFC. You're on the prelims. So have they outlined with you kind of how that would work and how that would benefit you versus the current business model of treating yourself like you're a NASCAR? No, and, you know, it's still it's still kind of a big secret. Um, nobody really knows, aside from maybe the guys in the top ten and, you know, the John Joneses and King Velasquez, guys like that. Um, I'm sure they probably already have something worked out. But, uh, you know, my manager and, you know, all the other managers, pretty, pretty much nobody really knows how how it's all going to work out until, you know, till July comes. But, um you know, from what I understand, it's supposed to be more beneficial to to the guys that are at the bottom of the totem pole, like myself, and it's supposed to be pretty good for the guys at the top. But you know, it's it's the guys that are in the middle that are probably going to suffer. But I still, um, I still think even you know, guys in the top ten, a lot of them are going to lose out on some pretty lucrative deals. Um with the Reebok thing in place and not being able to wear other other gear and stuff like that. But, you know, I mean, I don't know how much they're getting offered and stuff, but I think it's going to be tough for some some fighters, not all fighters, to make what they could make if they didn't have to be exclusive to Reebok. Yeah. And, you know, they did release a couple – Details saying, like, part of the pay structure would be based off your ranking, um, you know, for the Reebok deal. But, I mean, as we know, the UFC's pay structure isn't based off of ranking alone either, you know. And I think in the fight game, you know, skill and technique are not enough to get the support of an audience, you know. And this, this is prize fighting at the end of the day. And, you know, the whole idea is to sell tickets and pay-per-views and get people to tune in. Um, do you think there's a lot of guys who kind of, you know, maybe not that they just dislike that part of the sport, but like maybe forget that, you know, um, when they look at their own careers and maybe they're not where they want to be, you know, like not to say you need to go out there and be a showman and be as smooth talking as Conor McGregor or Chael Sonnen, but that there is a performance aspect to this in order to get people interested yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it's entertainment, um, and who can sell tickets? I mean, you know, when you're just a regular white guy from America, it's a lot harder to uh, to get up there and make that kind of money, you know, versus a guy like Conor McGregor, who's got a whole country behind him. Um, you know, so he's, uh, his fan base and, and what he brings it's more than just uh, him talking. It's the following he has behind him. So that's going to enable him to to pack arenas and stuff like that. So he's going to make more money than just, you know, the average Joe. So when you sit down there and you look at your career, you talk to your manager or your colleagues and you think like, okay, I mean, you know, getting the W is most the most important thing without a doubt. You know, but you can't, you know, neglect these other aspects. You know, like how does Matt Van Buren um, build a brand around himself 
you know, and what, like, how does he get the message of his identity out, I guess is really more what it is. Because the one thing I'll say, fans can tell when you're a phony, you know, like real quick, you know, um, like, are you, is that generally your character or are you putting on a show, you know, and maybe you're putting on a show and that's part of the show, like say Chael Sonnen, but you know, how does Matt Van Buren say, this is who I am and this is why you should care about who I am and I win fights. You know, um, I'm not really sure. Um, I just kind of, I'm just being myself, you know, I'm going to be myself in the interviews and, uh, you know, try to go out there and put on exciting fights that fans want to see. I'm not, I'm not trying to win on um, points or win decisions. You know, I'm, I'm going out there and trying to lay it on the line. You know, a lot of guys don't do that. You know, they're down. Uh, you know, they're down two rounds or whatever, and then they come out in the third round that they, they don't even go for it. You know, I'm I'm trying to develop the style to where if I'm down two rounds and I come out in the third. Um, you know, he's getting knocked out or I'm getting knocked out, but I'm not going to go, you know, um, to the judges or, or not leave it all in one in the third round and just maybe take a risk and end up getting knocked out. Um, but, you know, I'm just going to go out there and try to put on exciting fights. And uh, with the recent news of John Jones, everyone's everyone's had their chance to weigh in. I don't know if you want to weigh in or not. I'm not going to, I'm not going to pressure you to, I think, uh, I think a lot of people have said a lot of things, but I don't know if there was anything in particular you wanted to say about it. You know, it's, uh, it is what it is, man. I mean, a lot of people, um, a lot of people are surprised or whatever, but, uh, you know, it's, that's, uh, you know, when you, when you're young, rich and famous, that's, that's a lot of things that, you know, get brought in front of you. And sometimes, you know, I mean, you can't really blame him. Everybody says he's a role model and he's this and that. But at the end of the day, man, he's he's not really a role model for anybody. He's not, you know, he chose a job that people like to watch. But he's human. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, and, you know, most of the people that are criticizing him probably have done the same thing or still do similar things to him, you know. Um my thing is, you know, if he really is pretty bad off, I just, uh, I just hope that he can, um, you know, bounce back from that and get clean and uh, come back and and still be able to perform in the UFC and um, not fall back into the to the temptation of that because you know when when you're the world champ and you this and that all the parties do that. I mean, aside from the millions of dollars he has, I'm sure he could get as much of it as he wanted for free. So, and, you know, I I grew up with a lot of people that did drugs and used drugs, sold drugs. So um, I've seen a lot of people, I've seen people lose everything they have over coke and things like that. So I just hope that, um, you know, he can make a full recovery from that and uh, not let it, you know, spiral out of control. And uh, unlike a website that will not be named here, we will not misquote you and say that you did drugs. That's all good, man. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. At the end of the day, it doesn't even really matter because people, 
People say what they want to say. I don't really care if people yeah. think, when, you know. When they did that, I was like, is, does this person, is English not their first language? Because I was pretty clear what he was saying, you know. Like, <laughs> I think you started off the story with, I've never done this. However, I know people who have. Yeah. It doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I, I like that you can just sort of, you know. I don't know how mad you were when that first happened, but at least it's something that you can laugh about now. It's one of those things, man. I could be at a party, you know, I could be at a party after this fight where everybody's doing coke and I'm sitting there hanging out with them, but I'm not doing it. And then it's, you know, one person, oh, so-and-so was there, and then all of a sudden, you know, you're guilty by association. Like so, like, like a high school party with beer, everyone's everyone's in trouble. Yeah, it doesn't even matter because just one person catching wind of you being in the wrong place at the wrong time or whatever, whether you're doing something or not, they'll they'll make it look like you're doing something. Yeah, but I guess, you know, facts always come out. I mean, you know, you want to do cocaine and then get randomly drug tested. The facts come out. One thing that I thought was funny, though, was uh, that he was tested on the 4th and someone looked up that like what they, you know, those specific metabolites can be contested in your system for two to four days. So his Twitter four days prior was like him, like leaving Brazil. So the theory is that he went down to Brazil, just was just doing lines off some big Brazilian butt and then flew back home and got tested. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I don't, I don't want to say that's the theory. No one's making any claims here. <laughs> I don't want to put any anybody's business out there, but you know. I mean, if you look, if you if you look, if you look enough into the details, then you'll you'll find some facts to. You know, it may not be the case. Yeah, he's like, but a lot of my training partners go to Brazil a lot, and I'm not going to say who, but they have a good time. No, I'm just kidding. Um. From what I hear, this isn't the first time Jones has done it, so that's yeah. all I'm saying. <laughs> good, good, good enough. <clears throat> all right, uh, last last topic uh, before I let you go. I know, you know, I'm sure week before fight week's always busy. Um, you know, one of your friends and training partners is involved. I mean, in the lawsuit against your employer. You know, I don't know if you have any. Any opinion on that, or is that just something you guys don't even talk about? That's you know neither here nor there because it puts you in an awkward situation. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, I don't know anything about it, and uh, I don't have any interest in really being involved in it at all. So, yeah, I guess one thing you you have fought for the uh, you know the only you know legitimate rival organization still around right now um, and having competed in both, you know, the UFC and Bellator, you know, what were some of the key differences for you? Um, just, you know, from everything from, you know, the production to the promotion to pay to, you know, management, you know, um, like what were your big takeaways? Um, you know, honestly, the UFC and Bellator are, you know, two separate uh, entities. I mean, the UFC is definitely 
the media and the, the production and all that is definitely a much bigger deal. Um, I would say aside from that last show that Bellator did um, in San Diego, actually, um, they had some pretty sweet production for that. But um, still, the the arena and stuff, it's, it's just not even close to the same, you know, um, UFC is a much much bigger uh, production, um, much more media, and you know the UFC. I think ultimately, um, with maybe the exception of a few guys in Bellator, um, the UFC takes care of you a lot better than Bellator does, and um, you can stay a lot you can stay a lot busier with the UFC than Bellator because the UFC does more shows. So. Uh, I mean, any day of the week, I would I would much rather be in the UFC than Bellator. Not not saying anything bad about them. It's just uh, you know I've I've had I had issues staying staying busy with them, um, and I know training partners that are having issues staying busy with them as well um, when they're winning. You know, I won two fights in a row uh, in six weeks with them, and then didn't get offered a fight for eight months. So, and now that they're cutting their shows down, it's uh, it's even harder for guys to stay busy. So, yeah. Now, uh, I guess without saying anything bad about the UFC, is there anything that Bellator did do, or maybe you see them doing now that you know it's almost a completely different organization since you left? Uh, you know that maybe you'd like to see adopted more widespread. Uh, one thing I, I really like. Um, would be cool if the UFC implemented was the the type of entrances that Bellator did with their last show. I thought that was that was really cool to see. Um, I don't know if you saw it or not with the screens and stuff, and then you know the screens lifting up and the fighters coming out. Um, yeah, there you go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. I know that maybe they got the TNA guys over there to be like, no, no, you're doing this all wrong. We'll show you how to do some entrances. I mean, that's pretty much what it looked like. Was it was straight WWE style, but it, it was pretty <laughs> awesome. I mean, that you definitely... know, when you look back to to Pry, that they you know they'd come down that ramp and there'd be the fireworks and stuff, you know, and then the screaming lady, you know, it seems like every every show's got their little twist to entrances. It's the one thing no one's perfected for MMA yet, but. Seems like they've gotten close with the San Diego show. Yeah. There we go. We'll put that up there. That'll be the headline for the article. UFC fighter says, we need Bellator entrances. No. <laughs> no, maybe you shouldn't say that. That's not what I said. That's not what I said, Uncle Dana. <laughs> I can't. I, I can't help it. It's just, uh uh-huh. I love doing live shows more than anything. But you never know what people are gonna do. So you always, I always, if I see something that someone might use, I try to catch it during it. So later on, they can be like, everyone can be like, hey, we're joking. Don't be a troll. <laughs> Get out of here. You know, you UG white belt. At the end of the day, they're they're on two different levels and. You know, the UFC treats you better, um, and it's just more opportunity for, you know, everything as far financially in the UFC. That's so, what we call control. Uh, 
I got a I got an email today too that uh, I'm getting a fr- free pair of shoes from Reebok at my fight next week, so that's pretty cool. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're already like, starting uh, to boxes are bailing left things. and right. I don't know how much money I'm gonna get, but I got a new pair of kicks waiting for me after I've beaten Sean O'Connell, so it's gonna be a pretty good week. <laughs> yeah, new pair of shoes is better than nothing. You get a post fight interview. Do me a favor, and when they're like, when you know, when they ask you what you thought, or you know, how great is this to get your W? Be like, man, this is the second best thing to happen to me this week. And they'll be like, what was the first? And you'll be like, getting a free pair of Reebok shoes because Reebok will yeah. love. <laughs> say that. You say the second best thing. I got free Reebok shoes this week. <laughs> For sure. Then you're set. Easy day. <laughs> All right. Anything? Anything else you want to say before I let you go? Uh, no, that's it. Just tune in. January 18th on Fight Pass. you have any sponsors left? Uh, yeah, I'd like to thank Fresh and Lean, Garden of Life, and New Home Financial for their support in this upcoming fight. There you go. Oh, we didn't even get into clean eating. We'll do that another time. After you win. Talk about nutrition and everything. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, Matt, thanks a lot for calling in. It was fun. Uh, best of luck to you on the 18th. Check them out. Um, the fight will be available on Fight Pass. If you don't have it already, you can get a free trial. If you are a fight fan, you should have it because for $9, 10 a month, you have access to the complete UFC library, WC library, Strikeforce Prize, and they're adding, um, like, King of the Cage and Extreme Challenge and all these other promotions. So... If you want to see, if you want to catch up on fights and see fights you've never seen before, if you're new to the sport, go for it. If you're a crazy fan like me and you just sit around all day watching tape, it's good for you too. But there are fights that are only available on their live and all the prelims. If they're not on TV, they're on Fight Pass, so that's how you can see Matt fight. Um, but also tune in Fox Sports One for the main event itself. And best of luck to you. And hope you enjoy your week before fights. All right, have a good one. All right, oh, I forgot to do So we're brought to you by the MMACorner.com. Check them out. You're home for all things MMA, as well as uh, I want to give a shout-out to Matthew Gosney. Um, he's a former Navy SEAL who's working with uh, – he's working on a book, and he's working with Mark Goddard to get the word out of there about uh, hormone treatment for TBI, for veterans suffering from – TBI-related uh, injuries and uh, PTSD and other psychiatric conditions. Um, and this is something that is still kind of seen as fringe and cutting edge, but the science is very grounded and proven. Um, so hit him up on Twitter. His Twitter handle is Matthew Gosney 2 That's the number two. Um, harass him, tweet him, message him, and he'll get you all the info you need about how you can get tested for really cheap and where you can go to for treatment if you are if you've suffered a TBI and you have depression, PTSD, anxiety, sleep disorder. Um, these are things that they aren't cured with hormone treatment, but it does help mitigate a lot of the more severe symptoms. As a result, to more dial in, you know, for better long-term treatment, how to go from there. And it's turned his life around. It's helped a lot of people. So, again, check it out, Matthew Gosney, 2 on Twitter. Um, I don't have Mark Goddard's 
on me right now, but you can just Google Dr. Mark Goddard, and you can find his website about where you can get information um, to apply for him and try and get grants for his treatment. Um, and that's all the sponsors we have. Oh, and ADCC America uh, just did trials last month. First set of American competitors to compete in Brazil next year are already set, or no, later this year. Um, hopefully we can set it up, do West Coast trials, uh, possibly here, possibly Colorado. Talking to you, Josh. We'll figure it out. But uh, ADCC America on Facebook, ADCC North America on Facebook to get the latest news about where and when trials will be. Check them out. That's all I got. Thanks for tuning in. This is a good show. Uh, you know, Matt's a nice guy once you get to know him. I swear. And uh, until next time, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>